You're listening to Season 2 of Here and Queer, a documentary series produced for Liffey Sound FM about what it's like to come to Ireland as an LGBTQ adult. I'm your host, Keen Sullivan. This is Episode 8. On episode 8, I speak with Basira Paigam, who is an LGBT activist from Afghanistan. In 2021, after the return of the Taliban, Basira fled the country and came to Ireland. Since then, she has founded the first official organisation for the Afghan LGBTQ community, entitled Afghan LGBT, and she was recognised on the BBC's 100 Women of 2021 list. In this conversation, she speaks about what it was like growing up in Afghanistan, how she always had the resilience and the fighter in her, what it was like when she came to Ireland, and how her life has been forever changed by the return of the Taliban to power. Hello, I am Basira Pairam from Afghanistan, an Afghan LGBTQI rights activist and also a refugee in Ireland. Basira, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Can you let me know a bit about where in Afghanistan you're from? I'm from the north part of Afghanistan. Do you speak Persian there or Pashto? Well, in north part of Afghanistan, people usually speak Uzbeki. And I am from Uzbeki uh, ethnicity as well. But people usually speak Persian as well, as I can speak Persian too. Uh, because uh, we studied Pashto at schools, so um, I can speak Pashto as well. Okay, so Uzbeki, Persian, Pashto, English. Anything else? Turkish. Turkish. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So you're from Uzbeki heritage. What was your childhood like? Well, uh, I was born in a religious family. Uh, both of my grandfathers, uh, my mama uh, father and my daddy father, they both were uh, imams or religious leader of the society. And uh, it was very hard because uh, since... Uh, I, uh, as as far uh, as long as I remember, like uh, all all, uh, all of the educations, primary education, they all were Islamic, and I was going to uh, mosque. After that, I was going to madrasa to educate the Islamic uh, education, and it was very hard because all of them were same somehow against women. And gradually, when I realized uh, how deep inequality is in my society, and later when I found out that I'm not straight, and it was very hard because uh, there wasn't any education for me to help me find myself, understand myself in better way. And that's why it, it... uh, somehow give me the motivation to go ahead for myself, for being myself, for finding myself. And there wasn't any opportunity, but I tried my best to create that opportunity for myself, for other LGBT people in Afghanistan. So you would have grown up in... Afghanistan in the late 90s, early 2000s. 
how do you remember what it was like before uh, the Americans came before the war? I was very young when uh, Afghanistan was collapsed by Taliban at the first time. Uh, even I think I was born during the Taliban first uh, regime in Afghanistan. I was born on that era. Um, but I have read a lot of articles and I have seen a lot of documentaries how tough it was when the Taliban got the control of Afghanistan for the first time in late 90s, uh, especially for women and also not only for women, for men as well. It was a very dark era, like no education, no development, no improvement economic was collapsed poverty everywhere hunger everywhere and for lgbt people it was completely like a dark night because they were they were the majority of them were killed and some of them got the chance to flee and escape to pakistan can you describe what it looked like well uh, in the place where i was born you know the buildings are the construction the buildings are not the way they are in Western countries. They are usually handmade and very, very primary, you know. And uh, people use the fire to cook food, to boil water. Uh, there is not uh, latrine even. They try to manage it somehow by uh, building by themselves. But still, they are not. Uh, they, they they are not like considering by hygiene, you know, and uh, like very primary. And people work very hard. They farm. They they are working on the farm as farmers, or um, it, it's very hard, you know, uh, with a lot of hard working. They gain very less. They earn very less. Mm -hmm. Just what they think. It, I think it's uh, somehow in African and other South Asian Middle East countries, all the people, all the families struggle to survive. Just find that much food to eat for tonight. There is not any guarantee for tomorrow. And the same thing was going on on my place. Everyone was struggling just to work and provide the food for tonight. Mm. There wasn't any like special career building or thinking about what to do in the future. Maybe some families like my family who were in middle class, their children got the chance to study religious education. However, this education is not helpful for them to build their to build their career. Mm. Is that what you studied? Yes, for me, at the beginning, I was studying religious education. But later, I tried my best to go to school, government school. And after that, university, with a lot of struggle <laughs> and passing the challenge, the problems. Mm. In terms of education... Am I right in saying that it was relatively new at the time that women could access education like the education you access? Was it primarily for men before that? 
Well, after 2003, when uh, 2002 and 2003, when uh, USA came to Afghanistan, uh, luckily there was a chance for girls and men, uh, boys, to uh, go to school, government school and universities. However, uh, in majority parts of Afghanistan, uh, a girls' school wasn't active, just they were by names. There were a lot of corruption in the last two decades, so majority of schools in the rural area weren't open, for, for even for girls and boys, majority for girls. But still, there was some budget by government which was using, but no one knows where they were going. Uh, but luckily in our uh, living area, the school was active. Uh, we were going to school and after graduation, I passed the concours exam, the general exam of the country. And I got the chance to, uh, I, I was succeeded to go university and do my bachelor degree in law and political science. Uh, however... After succeeding, it was very hard for me, and I know most of girls in Afghanistan, they faced the same problem. It was um, the family reaction, mm -hmm. because the in my place, the university wasn't in my where I was living, where my family was living. I was supposed to go another city and do my bachelor degree, and that's why uh, I couldn't go, because... No male accompany, um, cultural barriers against women to travel alone or to stay alone in another city or stay even in hostel. There were a lot of barriers. But after a lot of struggles, I got the chance to get permission of my family and go to university. And after the university... Uh, I start working. So your family agreed to let you go to university? Uh, yes, uh, after uh, many uh, arguments <laughs> and standing, I said, no, I should go. I want to do my bachelor degree in law and political science. Where do you think that um, fight comes from you to stand up for yourself and to say, no, I want to go? Were, were there women your age who were in a similar position and maybe just didn't stand up for themselves? Well, to be honest, I was a revolutionist. I was very revolutionary since very young age, you know. Mm -hmm. um, when I was 14, I got a chance to work with uh, an, um, a children right uh, organization so um, no one in my family were letting me like to go there and work because they were telling me you're very young and you're a girl I said it doesn't matter I will go and then uh, I, I, I went there uh, like in every stage of my life I faced uh, troubles challenge uh, by society by relatives even by neighbors but still, I didn't give up. I was fighting. I was trying my best uh, to get what I want. 
because I did know that what I want is not uh, illegal, is not illogical. They are logical, they are my right, mm -hmm. and I deserve that. I remember uh, when I was very young, the girls who were same age to me, uh, they were accepting anything like majority of girls accept or majority of girls do like going parties or obeying their parents uh, understanding some limitations which are specified by society mm -hmm. like how to wear clothes how to talk in public how to talk in front of the men if someone, especially men, says something and they should be silent and accept, no argument, no arguing with men. But I was against them. I was very young, but in some cases, even I was trying to fight with boys of the <laughs> our street, our avenue where I was living. Like uh, when I was going to school, or sometimes uh, they, they were disturbing me and other girls on the street our neighbor's son <laughs> but i was fighting them once i had very big argument even i hit that boy and his father came to my father and said that your daughter is very rude she you didn't give her good uh, like learned her polite manner of being a good girl she hit my son and my daddy, I love him so much. He was protective and supportive since that time. He asked from that man, what has done your son? I know my daughter never do something wrong. Maybe your son have done, done something wrong. My daughter reacted, answered to that. I'm, sh I'm sure she uh, did defense. And uh, after that, my daddy come to me and asked me, what did he done and what did you done after that? I told him uh, the son was disturbing us. He was uh, trying to disturb us by uh, using the stones to hit us, yeah. to disturb us. Do not go to school. Or... But I couldn't stand with other girls. I hit him back. And I said, just get lost and go to your parents. Never come again on our way. And my daddy said, bravo, you did great job. Always defend yourself, but never be hated. Like if they try to hit you, run away. Yeah. Don't let them to, to give you some injuries or some problem mm. for you because you will be sick or you will be in trouble. But after that, again, he told me, uh, but be careful. If something bad happens to him, there is government. <laughs> they will ask you. So even they will imprison you. So be careful in the future. And at that time, I realized that, oh, there is government who are going to punish the people who <laughs> hit each Stand other. Yeah. 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 And uh, like that, there were many... Uh, things related to standing or defense. So they were the reason to give me the motivation to do my educational uh, career in law and political science. Mm. That's a brilliant story. Uh, <laughs> I can almost picture it right now. Can you remember the time that you realized 
that the things that society wanted from you were not the things that you wanted from yourself? Uh, well, uh, it has a very long story. I will mention uh, one of uh, the reasons or uh, how I got. Uh, I did. I I realized uh, in uh, when I was fourteen years old, uh, and even before that, like uh, I'm not uh, like other girls. I'm different, uh, and sometimes my neighbors and even my relatives, my siblings, they were telling me like. You have masculine uh, behaviors. They are not feminine. They are masculine. You act like man, like boys. And uh, after that, uh, I saw like most of girls, they love uh, in the future to get married, to give birth. They were interested when they are getting younger, like teenage. And they have this desire, you know. But uh, I didn't want that. Even I hate it when someone says that you're going to get married. Uh, I was saying, no, I will never get married like this woman in my stay place. Uh, I I don't want to be like them. I I am like myself and I will be my, like myself. I don't need marrying. I am the man of myself. So and they are always telling, no, every woman need a man protect him to support him but I was against this idea and uh, in every stage of life I tried my best to do everything with myself even without the support of my father or my brothers but sometimes because of this cultural barriers it wasn't possible for me but still I was getting their protection and their support uh, so these were the, one of the reasons that I found out that I'm not like majority. And then uh, when it came to my desire, uh, I saw a huge difference. I don't have any feeling for men. And it was like, oh, for me, like I was very curious. Uh, so who I am, what I am. Uh, and on that time, uh, I didn't have I didn't have phone, but my brothers they had phone, smartphone. So I searched on Google. Uh, by googling, I got a lot of information. Like there are people, a lot of people in the world who are not uh, what the majority are. Like they straight. They are special. They have special feeling colorful feeling rainbow and it was very interesting for me and after that uh, i tried to have a smartphone and through the smartphone uh, or through the facebook i uh, uh, found a lot of friends from india from pakistan lgbt community and from Afghanistan LGBT community, it helped me gradually to build uh, the first community, like private community of uh, Afghanistan LGBT. So it was online because of security reasons. Even my closest friends, uh, my relatives, even uh, my classmates, they didn't know that what I'm doing because... Uh, 
I, I, when I searched about the security challenge, about the religious beliefs toward LGBT community, I realized that when someone find out, they will definitely kill me. So I tried my best to keep it private. And uh, when I publicized, so it was a shock for most of them. Oh my God, we we even we did we haven't imagined like uh, you are supporting LGBT community. So it starts from that, and uh, I did know that what I do is right, and I should go for that. It doesn't matter who I lose or who will leave me. Uh, but I will go for the right thing and I will do that. So even now, it doesn't matter who left me. Still, I'm on my promise. On I'm, I, I, I'm standing for the right thing and I will go ahead for that. I mean, yeah, again, so brave. <laughs> I wish I had, a, I had a fraction of that determination. You know, like I grew up in Ireland there was gay people on TV. There was not necessarily gay people in my school. And I still had an element of shame around my sexuality. And it sounds like from your story, you didn't have any of that despite your circumstance being so much so much stricter. Is that fair to say? When I came to Ireland uh, and when I publicized my activism and myself, when the wrong people around me, everyone who didn't want me to be myself they left me i felt like a big mountain from my shoulder cut and feel down and i felt myself very light and i realized that oh my god i am myself and hiding myself was making myself in a jail you know putting myself in a prison and every time when I was trying to get out of that prison, these social barriers, these social norms, these religious beliefs of the people in my around were trying to stalk me inside that prison. But when I decided, no matter what, I will go for myself I will stand for myself and for the people. So I asked you to choose some music. And the first song I asked you to choose is a song that reminds you of growing up in your hometown. And you've decided you're going to sing the intro to this, actually, which is going to be the first time. So thank you for that. So the song you're going to sing is by Hader Salim. And the track is called Yara Ke Meruban. Take it away. Yari sabzi nai man, dil shikoro madai, yak sabad gul basarat, baba horo madai. Az jauri tu darni mashab ho no lakunam, az jauri tu darni mashab ho no lakunam, bogo shedilam shenau fariyad dilam. Yari sabzi nai man, dil shikoro madai, yak sabad gul so I heard you speak with the Dublin Lesbian Line in a conversation in which you said your plans were always to be in Afghanistan despite the social norms, etc. Can you tell me about the circumstances that resulted in you leaving? 
since i remember like uh, uh, i i never had the plan to leave my country but i really wanted to visit other countries and learn but stay in my country and work there but unfortunately after leaving uh, usa and uh, collapsing afghanistan to talibans uh i faced a lot of problems and leaving country was the only chi- chance for surviving to being alive and uh, my friends uh, uh they told me like uh, only way to survive is to leave the country we know you have a lot of dreams you have a lot of goals and plans but you will never be able to implement them when you are in afghanistan uh i was very depressed i was very stressed uh, even my mind was stuck and i i couldn't decide to what to do either to stay or leave so uh with these troubles i left my country that's why i couldn't accept my leaving that i left my country for months uh, i i was seeing the nightmares and like my my body was living in here but still my mind my heart my soul they all were struggling inside afghanistan uh well sometimes i say that uh, it's good at least uh, i get the chance to learn more and advocate more for uh, my community outside the afghanistan but when i say what's going on inside afghanistan i feel pain and it hurts me i say that uh, i can't do anything directly but uh, what i'm doing i know that it will affect gradually to my country to my society to lgbt community of afghanistan i know that it won't affect just in one week one month one year two years but gradually it will how did things change for you the day that you know the taliban stormed the the government in in kabul uh the provinces were collapsing uh one by one and uh, but the leadership of the government former government were telling on media like nothing will happen we are fighting we will stand we will defend and we will defeat them defeat the taliban uh there were rumors like uh, the president have done some uh private dealing with uh, taliban uh, leadership but still i was thinking maybe the usa and the international community won't let them to get afghanistan like easily like that and uh, they will stand they won't leave afghanistan women and two decades achievements for democracy for human rights for equality for development but uh, they did and uh, it was the 15 august uh, that night uh, i remember there were uh, some uh, noise of uh, helicopters i didn't know that they were evacuating people 
from ear from airport that night i thought that oh my gosh my mama and daddy used to say that uh, when uh, the soviet union left afghanistan there were a lot of uh, airplane and helicopters on the year uh, on the on the on the area and uh, all the night they were uh, just uh, making noise so i thought with myself if they leave oh every time i was checking the media and it was making me more uh, pressed like more depressed and in the morning uh, me and my friend we went uh, we went outside for supermarket and uh, everywhere was silent and we didn't see any women and girls on the street and the shopkeepers they were looking at me and my friend strange because we were wearing uh, clothes not barka what the taliban wants and they were looking as strange one of them said how you dare to come outside with this clothing don't you know that the islamic emirat came get lost and go where you are barka i got very emotional and i said who are you to dare talk like this we are uh, our uh, like we know what to do and we're not here to get advice from you we came here to buy and after buying some grocery we went back but we never used that grocery because my friend left the house immediately and went to his relatives and i was alone so i asked one of my friends male friends to stay with me to be with me as a male, male company and i left my apartment uh, after some days after the collapse they searched my apartment after my leaving because they have got some information about my stay place and luckily i left before they came to me on the street like the main, the male reaction the main reaction toward women and girls was very horrible you know the men who were silent during the former republic regime and they gained all those hatred toward women inside but when the taliban came they got the chance to start disturbing women saying them like why you are on the street why you are alone if a woman is alone on the street a shopkeeper he will tell her why you are alone why you don't have your male company why you are not wearing burqa get lost and go to your home and never be on the street like this so no need for taliban soldiers the male of afghanistan community will do that against women yeah when when you decided to leave what was the process then uh, yeah i was i was working with concern worldwide as a gender specialist mm-hmm. so they supported me to get a humanitarian visa of ireland and uh, i went to pakistan and after the pakistan i came to ireland dublin 
What did you know of Ireland beforehand? Well, I didn't know about Ireland since I was at school because I loved uh, geography and I didn't know about Ireland that it's an island uh, close to UK and uh, Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> the and weather. Did you ch- did you choose Ireland? Did Concern give you options, or did they say, "Look, we can get you to Ireland, take it or leave it"? Uh, before Ireland, I got some other invitations, some other chances, uh, like USA, Sweden. Uh, but I didn't uh, because I wasn't sure either to leave or not. But uh, when everything was changing and like I was facing more in trouble, even I wasn't at my ho- apartment anymore. So I decided, okay, I will leave Afghanistan. And on that time, I got the visa of Ireland and I said, okay, Ireland. You discussed coming out publicly, that mountain of stress off your shoulders. What does that mean about you going to see your family now or go, even going back to Kabul? Is that an option? I know because of me, even now my family is already in trouble. Uh, if I go back to Kabul, uh, I, somehow, I, like even I'm sure, I won't go alive from the airport. Okay. Shocking to hear, you know, you can say it and look at me with a smile on your face like I won't, you know, leave the airport alive. Yeah, so, so scary. Has there been other people who have left Afghanistan and have come out publicly? Uh, well, uh, th- there are just numbers. Mm, okay. Numbers who uh, publicly come out and advocating for LGBT community. Numbers. Uh, but uh, privately, uh, we have a huge community who are working, who are supporting uh, LGBT community of Afghanistan. So I'm so happy these numbers are trying their best to be the motivation and inspiration for remaining to come out and uh, be an activist in public as well. Well, it's not easy because I know how how hard it is, not only for themselves. However, if they are safe outside of Afghanistan, the family won't be safe uh, inside Afghanistan. But luckily, we have the organizations like uh, LGBT Ireland, LENC, uh, Outhouse, other organizations belong to, and they are working they they are trying their best to uh, involve international lgbt uh, refugees or asylum seekers mm-hmm. so that's really amazing and appreciative yeah 100% okay so the next song i've asked for you to choose is by is sort of a song that you feel represents your lgbtq identity well, uh, a song by Eva Max, Kings and Queens. However, mm-hmm. it's Amazing. not uh, from LGBT community, but still uh, it uh, says and shows uh, uh, the women who are standing alone and being uh, the king of their own life. Yes, 100%. Amazing song. Let's listen to it. To all of the queens who are fighting alone, baby, you're 
now you're here, you're in Ireland. What are your first impressions? Well, um, uh, first thing I really liked about Ireland, it was uh, the friendly society and environment with LGBT community. I went to many pubs, they were very friendly with the LGBT community, even they were especially for LGBT community members. So that was very, very nice and I really loved that. And next thing, uh, I learned improvement and development in the last four decades uh, and uh, breaking all those uh, religious barriers. Um, uh, like the people education level is much better and their awareness about equality about women about LGBT is getting better and it's growing and Ireland is the first country where the gay and the lesbian marriage was legalized and that's very 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 so um, these were like I really loved, and one thing more economically, like Ireland is uh, doing somehow good job by giving the opportunity for big companies of the world to have uh, their base or their uh, companies inside the Ireland. Uh, it's very good because they're creating jobs. But how did you find, you know, making friends within the queer community in Ireland? To be honest, Irish people are amazing. They are really kind, friendly, and Irish uh, LGBT community members, like people, they are also very friendly, very lovely, and I made a lot of friends, and I love them all. I sent them love through this uh, <laughs> mic. <laughs> Is there anything that in Ireland we could be doing better that you think so far? Well, one thing I th- uh, uh, I think like really should there should be a lot of things done. It's uh, the trans uh, community uh, for um, for the medical uh, medical system and also uh, in even in sports. Like recently, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. had a problem, and um, yeah, for that we we need new uh, strategies, new action plans. Uh, not only by government, but also with civil society uh, for the awareness of people, uh, for, um, yeah, like campaigns or and also support of trans community. Uh, these are the things I think, yeah. Yeah, how is your relationship with the Afghani community in Ireland? Is is it difficult? Well, after publicizing my activism, uh, Afghanistan community in Ireland, majority of them stopped uh, contacting to me, talking to me, uh, and uh, I blocked some of them as well because they were insulting me. They were trying to put more pressure on me. Like, uh, so I I just want no to negative people. If you don't accept me, that's your problem. That's not my problem. Go get busy with your own life. Uh, very like numbers of Afghanistan community in Ireland. I have contact with them, mm-hmm. and I appreciate them because they have big heart and open-minded people. I really appreciate them. They're standing with me. They're supporting me, and. 
a big heart and love for them. Absolutely. What's what's in your future, do you think? So you've set up the first Afghani LGBTQ charity or... Afghanistan LGBT community. You are such a caring person. You know, you worry about the other people, people who are still in Afghanistan, people who are in other countries as refugees from Afghanistan. What do you do to look after yourself? Anyone who doesn't know how to look after themselves, they cannot look after for others. I uh, try, I, I study, I eat, I dance, I sing, <laughs> I go for a walk, I sometimes do exercise. Uh, especially I try my best to keep myself emotionally strong mm -hmm. because what I do needs a lot of energy. Yeah. And uh, I need to be strong emotionally because when I talk to them, I should have a lot of positive vibes for them to involve uh, uh, or to uh, absorb their negative vibes. So that's why I sing, I dance. Sounds great. Thank Speaking you. of singing and dancing, let's have our final song, will we? So this song is a song that reminds you of your time in Ireland however short it might be. So it could be from an Irish artist. It could be maybe the first song you heard when you arrived. So what are you going to choose? Well, uh, when I went to one of Pops uh, the first time, they played the, the, a song of uh, 15 Cent, a rapper. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the song name was the In the Club. Amazing. So that song was very nice and I danced yeah <laughs> what about, i haven't played this on the show before so yeah let's go for it basira thank you so much for speaking to me is there anywhere you'd like people to go follow you on twitter or to check out a website or anything uh thank you so much for the love and support of uh, ireland government irish people uh I, i'm active on twitter so yeah i i would be happy if we be on contact on twitter Thank you so much. Love you all. Go, 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 Charlie. It's your birthday. Give me a hug. Get in the get in the world. My flow, my show brought me the dough. That brought me all my fancy things. Want a segue from peace and joy and Afghani activism into go shoddy it's your birthday thank you so so much to basira for sharing that amazing story of her journey so far i feel comfortable to speak for you as a listener that you found that incredibly moving as did i in the moment next week we are crossing the border from afghanistan into pakistan when i speak with mohammed about his journey from Pakistan to China and eventually Ireland and coming to terms with his sexuality versus his faith. I'll see you next week here on Liffy Sound between 9 and 10. Have a good week.